Bickley and Murata. Social Studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. Every morning at 9 o'clock, Sarah Cazell takes us through all the happenings on our Twitter account at Bickley underscore Murata in just the creative and unique way that this show produces. It's called Social Studies, and it happens right now. Hi, Sarah. Yes, hey, so many happenings, yes. not only on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata, but here on Bickley Murata Mornings. So if you're joining us for the first time today, thank you and never leave us again. <laughs> <laughs> we do social studies every day at Here's 9 o'clock. Here's what you do. She is ruthless. Set it on your radio in your car. Mm-hmm. Rip the knob off. <laughs> Throw it out throw the window. Out. You will not need it anymore. <laughs> okay, I like that too, Jarrett. Don't litter, though. Just put it in a trash can. Yeah, if we, if our topic for Mock My World today was cliches in media that you hate, that drive you nuts, uh-huh. uh, set it and rip the knob off, that would be on my list. <laughs> Don't change that dial. Going left to right across your radio dial. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's yes. 2021. There's no such thing as a radio dial. <laughs> what anyway. is that? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll have to think about that. But yeah, those are those anywho are ones too. Yes, we do this every day at nine o'clock. Social studies. We get you all involved on Twitter again at Bickley underscore Marana. Get your thoughts and uh, maybe some jokes from you. We like jokes here on Bickley and Marana mornings about the day's topics. The most creative, interesting listener fan base in all of radio. No for this show. question. No question. Y'all are the best. All right, let's start with the Phoenix Suns uh, and Frank Kaminsky. Who's like, I'm the best. A career night for him. 31 points and seven boards. He played 32 minutes off the bench for the Suns with DeAndre Ayton's continued absence. Looking back at the history of Valley sports, this is an open-ended question to start off. Mm -hmm. Dan and Vince, what is the most unexpected, surprising performance by a player? Oh, Surprising in a good way. Uh, We mentioned this guy earlier when Tony Delk popped for 50 or 51. Yeah, 50. 50. 50 points. That that was pretty crazy. That was Why is he celebrating 50 points? Is it really that big of a deal? <laughs> yeah, oh, 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 50 points. Act <laughs> like you've been there. Oh, goodness. <laughs> what was that? The Hawks oh, radio yeah, team? Yeah, yeah, if you missed yeah. it yesterday, it was an <laughs> embarrassing Homer-ish performance yes, by the was. Atlanta Hawks radio announcers. Tony Delk is up there. Um... There's some great responses. There's some great oh, trip, yeah. trip down mine, memory lane. Mine's not one, but it's a it's a streak of games. Brian Boucher oh, having five straight shutouts one. for the Coyotes. That's a great one. He had seven shutouts in five five seasons before that, and then had five in a row. Yeah, um, that's one that I thought of. I'd love to hear some of these responses too. There were a lot of really good Diamondbacks ones. Yeah, which it's nice to have some positive Diamondbacks memories to look back on. Uh, Ryan Wisdom says a young Goldie blasting Tim Lincecum in his prime. In San Francisco, uh, Tony Delk drops fifty was was mentioned a few times. Um, Brandon Murata, friend of the show, probably Edwin, never heard of him. <laughs> family of the show, probably Edwin Jackson's no hitter. He walked like nine batters that day. That was, and never had such a great career before or after that. Or after. I think he's still pitching somewhere though. <laughs> yes. Everyone's still going. He's got two Beanie teams Wells left. going the... off that day. Yes. That's right. Two hundred. What do you have? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. 228. James sent that one in. Before that, how about LaShawn Johnson, who had the record before Beanie Wells did? Beanie Wells actually had a better career than LaShawn Johnson. Several people pointed out the game where Jay Feely outscored the Denver Broncos 23-3. That's a good one. 
Uh, that graphic is still fantastic. Yeah. I actually, I actually covered Lashawn Johnson a game of his in college for the Northern Illinois Very Huskies. Well done. Wow. Well done. Wow. Who'd they and play? I, uh, I don't remember, but I re- but I remember thinking, why is a dude this fast at Northern Illinois? Mm. Here's a good one. He Rot noticed. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Utility man Ryan Roberts hitting the come-from-behind walk-off grand slam against the Dodgers. Do you remember that game? Yes. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Catman! Yes, Rubio Durazo's three home run, nine RBI game against the Phillies. Didn't Willie Bloomquist have like two cycles in a week? No, it was, uh, that was uh, Aaron, Aaron uh, Hill. That's yeah. who it was. Yeah. Yep, that's a good one. Okay. This, this has got to be the answer, though. Because of the the context of everything, the Goran Dragic yes. out of his mind game versus the Spurs in the playoffs. At that point in his career, that was so out of left field. Now he turned into a really good player, but, right, he but was, that was early. In his he career. was not a good player at that uh, point. Yeah, Kellen Balazs. He did that. He did that on the road too. He did that in San Antonio against the nemesis. The Suns yeah. just could never get yeah. over. And yeah, the Kellen Balazs. Uh, how many touchdowns? Seven. Kalen. Kalen Balazs. Yeah. Sorry, Set, was Kellen Olsen and Kalen Balazs. Eight touchdowns. Eight, eight touchdowns, and you and you, what did he finish with? Ten or something that whole Gosh. season? No, I think he had eight yards in the rest of his <laughs> right, ASU exactly career. So that's crazy. Anyway, there you go. There we go. Did anybody say Aaron Baines hitting all those Aaron three Baines? Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, Thirty-seven points against the Blazers. Alec Burke also, I guess, had a twenty-seven point game. Who? Alec Burks. <laughs> Alex Burks, Alex, no, Bur- Alex, Alex Burks, Alex Burke, or Alex Burks is one of those. <laughs> who never Alexi play- Burks? Who never played in Phoenix? Who am I thinking of then? Pat Burke, not Pat no. Burke. Alec Peters. Oh, Alec scored thirty six yeah. points. Remember that? Let's- now that you got the name right, I do <laughs> you remember, do remember that. it once. Well, you didn't remember the wrong name. Doing that? <laughs> You're supposed to read my mind. <laughs> Alex, All right. That time Alex Trebek scored 36 points. <laughs> Maybe we just talk about CU hoops a lot here in the Valley. Who knows? Uh, Cardinals fans, moving on to our next question. Um, we are looking. This is such a good question, Jared. You want? You really have to think about it, or at least I think so. Uh, looking at Sunday, it was a big day for Steve Keim, how his guys, Colt McCoy, James Conner did, his draftee, you know, Benjamin, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, there's been so much conversation about him being in the, the, the front runner for coach of the year. And then Vance Joseph, just all season long, talking could, about could the Could be a head up. coach next year, people are right, saying. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. people are saying he's going to start getting approached. So... Who among those three, Cliff Kingsbury, Vance Joseph, and Steve Keim, who has increased their their stock, if you will, or their appreciation levels the most over the past two years? Oh, that's a great, this is a great question. I think it, you can make cases for everybody, but because Steve Keim was a GM of the year before twice, mm-hmm. I'm going to vote Vance Joseph because he's put together two great years in a row. Cliff's in the middle of one great year in a row. I'm saying Cliff. Okay. My rationale is this. I agree with your rationale on Kime. Vance Joseph had been respected enough to get a head coaching job in the NFL prior. Yeah, I guess you're right. Cliff King. But he was also almost fired. I don't know if he was actually almost fired, but after that first year, people would have been okay with him being fired, and yeah. now he could be a True. head coach right. two years later. Yeah. But again, and he's the, going to be. the reaction to Cliff Kingsbury getting that head coaching job after being a marginal coach in college, mm-hmm. people who didn't care about the Arizona Cardinals had vitriol for that decision. And here we are talking about the, the front runner for coach of the year right now. I, I'd vote for Cliff, but 
I'd love to see what the results are. Yeah, 61% of our voters went with Cliff Kingsbury. 27% went with Vance Joseph. Only 12% for Steve Kime. I thought this was a really interesting way of putting it from Burns and Ladmo. He says, Vance Joseph had respect to lose and a history of success that led to a head coaching gig that obviously didn't go well. Steve Kime had respect to lose, a history of success building some great Cardinals teams. Cliff Kingsbury had no respect to lose, none to start off with, and no one could figure out how he got the job in the first place. And now here he is. So I think that explains what a lot of people are thinking. Again, 61% of the vote going to Cliff Kingsbury. I like Donald who said, why was this not on start, sit, cut? Yes. We will go back to yesterday and put it in yesterday's start, sit, cut. Right. From Uh, now on, we're going to have to pre-approve all start, sit, cut questions, Jarrett. No. We want to see them hours in advance. Unacceptable. Uh, We're going to vet them. Get ready for a blank page. (laughs) No more churro questions. That's what we get now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. All right, let's go to our final question. Early on in the show, we were talking about the Cardinals signing of a long snapper, Kyle Nelson. Welcome. Uh, and what a great job long snapping actually is with, you know, you're not getting too beat up, but you get a long NFL career and you get to make some pro athlete money. So we're asking of these four options, what is the cushiest job in sports? Long snapper, bullpen catcher, uh, third string emergency backup goalie, or 12th man on the on the NBA bench slash hype man. Ooh. I think that if you're asking the cushiest job, I think it's got to be bullpen catcher. Because if you're the 12th man on an NBA team, you still have to go through all the practice and stay in shape, and that's a lot of hard work. I guess so. Yeah, but a bullpen catcher's got to crouch a lot. A lot of squatting. A lot of squatting. Lot of squatting. I have a, a more specific answer to this Ooh. after a story I read today. The answer, most uh, the sweetest, cushiest job in all of sports is John Wall. <laughs> Being John Wall is a great thing. Oh, yeah. He's get $92 million coming to him over the next two years. And at this point of the season, it's like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to play this year. And the Rockets are like, yeah, we don't think we're going to play you this year and we can't trade That'll you. So that. here, just keep cashing these checks, John. Right. It reminds me of when Allen Houston was the highest paid player in the NBA yeah. three years after he stopped playing. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, Brian Barger, I love his response. His pick is NBA hype man. The other three have to bend over all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's true. They do. They spend a lot of their time upside down. Uh, Andrew Roberts says sports talk radio is the cushiest job you could have. Oh, Andrew Roberts, we'll we'll have a chat. Yeah, Andrew Roberts, what time did your alarm go off today, my friend? (laughs) Cushy is not the word I'd use either. Uh, Il Colinaldo says the cushiest job in sports is Dan Bickley's caddy. (laughs) So there you go. That's Uh, a compliment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to hang out with you. 40% voted for NBA hype man. 35% voted for bullpen catcher. 17% for long snapper. Only 8% for the emergency backup goalie. And I would vote for the hype man, too, if I yeah. had to pick up the four. That's if it wasn't John Wall. That's Thank you, Sarah yeah. Dudley on the Lakers last year. Yeah! <laughs> Thank you, Ruthless. <laughs> Thank you! Social studies every day at 9 o'clock. Coming up next, ASU looking for back-to-back wins. Uh, They beat USC. Can they beat Washington? We'll talk to a guy who's calling the game on FS1. Petros Papadakis joins us next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Hey, 
What's going on? Hi, Vinny. What do you want to talk about? What's up, fellow kids? It's uh, Bickley and Murata mornings here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, live from the Auction Community Studios here on this Thursday. What did the uh, very wise Fred Durst once say, Vic? Uh, Just one of those days. Oh, okay. I was I was uh, going to say it's all about... Never mind. I did it all for the... <laughs> I did it all for, yeah, for the... Never, right. For the what? What? So you could take that cookie? Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, why, why is it just one of those days, Vinny? No reason. Okay. No it just reason. is. It just feels like one of those. Because like he's been those. Vinny Joe Salty from the very beginning. <laughs> Vinny Joe Sweatpants. Vinny Joe Sweatpants, baby. <laughs> salty Sweatpants. Oh, no. That's, now, that, that's something I'd associate with Carla. Salmon <laughs> shorts and salty sweatpants. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, when I got the sweatpants on, I just have a different vibe altogether. Yes, you do. Yeah. This is this is Vinny Joe defiance. When, when Vinny Joe says, I'm going to stick it to the man today. I'm going to take a stand today. It's This is what he does. It's the night after Suns games when he wears sweatpants to work. Yeah. yeah. Freedom! <laughs> Look, there's, Rebellion! A home, there's a home game next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday morning, I'm coming in sweatpants. Do it. Yeah. Hey. That's what I'm, that's going to be the wardrobe after a Sunday. In solidarity, I will join you. Yeah. Uh, Arizona State Sun Devils on the road in Seattle looking for their second straight win. For the third straight week, ASU playing a team that will have an interim head coach on the sideline when they take on the Huskies. And one of the men calling that on FS1, Petros Papadakis joins us now here on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Petros, how you been, man? I'm good. I'm sorry that I was late. That's okay. I'm here now. You're Better an late than never, guy, Petros. You once blocked for Carson Palmer, for goodness sakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, so what do you so what do you make of the state of the Pac-12 right now? This is it's been quite the year, hasn't it been? Well, there's a lot of teams in chaos, you know, <laughs> and they're not just the teams that have a coaching transition, and there's going to be a lot of coaching transition. So I didn't expect all of it. I mean, I expected it from my alma mater, which you guys probably know, and I knew that Arizona was really bad. But a lot of the rest of the stuff has come as a surprise. Mm-hmm. The Washington situation unraveling the way it did, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming unless you were really on the inside of it. Maybe there's a couple profits here and there that we'll find that warned about Jimmy Lake, but I didn't see that one coming at all. I guess we could all see the Berkeley Health Department making things difficult for Cal. That sure. that happened last year. And I thought UCLA, I still think UCLA is an improved football team. And if they didn't go get Chip at the bye week, he has an opportunity to go win eight games now. And we'll see if that saves him because it's a rather large buyout. But, no, the only one I saw coming was was USC, (laughs) to answer your question. Uh, uh, Petros, about Arizona State, the team that you'll call the action for this week on, on FS1, I think everybody, well, pretty much everybody with any knowledge of the Pac-12, you know, they acknowledge the fact ASU's got the talent to win this thing, certainly the South, but with the NCAA investigation looming, who knows what happens. And then at halftime of the Utah game, they're up 21-7 in the driver's seat, and for the next six quarters we saw a different football team that looked disengaged completely. They bounced back last week with the win. 
But what I mean, what do you make big picture of Arizona State at this point in the season? Because I, I can't get past the fact that they've underachieved greatly. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of one of those amusement park rides that starts spinning around and then the, the bottom falls out. <laughs> and I was I was impressed that they were able to put the bottom back on. <laughs> you know, that's hard to do. And I think that they've been mistake prone at the quarterback position for a while. Uh, that also has really hurt UCLA. You in the conference, there is not, and with BYU, you know, there's not a very large margin of victory. And the the error, uh, if you make a couple, is really hard to overcome in a lot of these games because. We no longer have a USC in the conference, you know, an Ohio State yeah. that you expect to score 50 every week on everybody, and if they don't, you know, you're looking at the head coach. So I think that nobody has been able to really separate from anybody, and when you go in a game and you make some mistakes, and depending on the environment that you have, whether it's negative or you're on the road, kids can get down. And I've seen it happen on teams I played on. I've seen it happen to good football teams. And I don't think Arizona State is a – I mean, they had that 56 to nothing <laughs> run or something yeah. in those quarters you're talking about. And you could definitely say, well, that's a team that's, that's reeling. But you look at them right now in their current state going into this game and what's coming next – and you say, this is probably not a team in chaos. <laughs> uh, Washington State, I mean, those kids have been through a lot over the years. And the Rolovich thing was rough on everybody and especially unfair to those players. But on the field, they've never really looked like a team that's lost their identity. You know what I mean? They, they've been pretty solid throughout. And I think that Dickert might get that job because of it. But... I am a little bit surprised, I think everybody in the Valley was, that things reeled the way they did. But they retrieved themselves against USC. They recognized that they could beat USC at the line of scrimmage rather easily, and that would make it so they could control the game, and they did. I want to ask you about this, because during this Valley for USC football, there was a time when it really looked like ASU was taking full advantage of it. Um, These allegations, the NCAA, all that stuff has kind of grounded that program. But in the long term, there's a belief that USC has to get back to being a hallmark vintage great program to lift the Pac-12, to get back respect for the West Coast. How are they going to do it? Who are they going to hire? Do they have a plan? Do they have a clue? Oh, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I, I I barely even could block for Carson Palmer. I'm not on the Carson Palmer uh, the committee of, uh, of Potential replacement. you know, yeah. the, the people they talk to, you know, like a 24, uh, 24-way Zoom about who they're going to hire. <laughs> Uh, I think I do fully endorse that belief, and it's not because I, I played at USC or uh, I have a family legacy there. I've just been around the place long enough, and I'm really kind of persona non grata there, but I know that USC is what moves the needle for the East Coast. So if USC is the head of our conference, like it should be with the talent they bring in, and they need to develop that talent, then 
people on the East Coast pay attention. There's a reason it's really hard to win the Heisman in the Pac-12, you know, especially at Stanford, because USC is kind of the driving force behind the whole thing for people around the country. When I'm walking around in Manhattan, Kansas on a sideline, somebody grabs me and pulls me aside and asks me about USC everywhere I go. That's the one that moves the needle. So when Washington State's playing USC or a strong Bruce Snyder-coached Arizona State team or something like that, everybody tunes in, and it raises the level of the conference. Uh, What are they going to do? I think it's right in front of everybody's face, but we all get paid to be fancy, and that's fine. But I think Luke Fickle's the one that has a relationship with the athletic director, Mike Bone, they can work together and build a staff and figure out control because I think USC still, since the Pete Carroll sanctions, are reluctant to give anybody full control of the program to hire their own assistants and stuff. And really that's gotten them in trouble. They've hired people they thought that they could keep under their thumb and those people personally imploded, like Lane Kiffin or Sarkeesian, uh, or were just really weak leaders like Pat Hayden, Lynn Swan uh, with Clay Helton. Mm-hmm. So they need to give somebody control and build it back, but it's not going to be, hey, let's bring in some recruits and change the scheme. Uh, they've run an air raid for three, four years. I mean, they're a mess. They're going to have to become physical again. They're going to have to bring tight ends in. They're going to have to learn to practice against tight ends. And that's why anybody in conference, Oregon State, Arizona State, top to bottom, anybody that wants to line up with a tight end on the edge and run the ball and be dedicated to it, they knock USC off the field. They just don't have the will to stop that. And it's bad for the West Coast, there's no doubt. Petros, always good to catch up with you. We'll be watching on FS1 uh, ASU against Washington on Saturday. Thanks so much, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thank you, too. Petros Papadakis, uh, he'll be calling the action Huskies and Sun Devils on Saturday. And he joined us on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72sold.com. Nine weeks in the books, eight to go. The Survivor Series rolls on. And we'll find out who uh, is getting picked this week next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata, Mornings on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. I said, are you ready, ready. for the Survivor Series? Why? Who will survive? Apparently not that open. I'll ask this question because it's on everybody's mind. Jarrett, what the hell are you doing? The problem here. I didn't know Sarah was going to be done so quick. I was saying something to you right as we were coming back. What do you mean so quickly? It was like a no, solid no, no, minute no, no. 40. Know, yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, before we get to the Survivor Series, <laughs> is it Wednesday again? Uh, the Arizona Cardinals today have activated A.J. Green from the uh, COVID-19 list. That is good news. We were speculating on, upon that earlier in the show. Uh, Aaron Brewer, the long snapper with a broken arm, uh, he is on injured reserve. And tight end David Wells, former left-handed pitcher, also on injured reserve. Uh, our own Tyler Drake today is covering the Cardinals out of practice. 
No Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, Rondell Moore, Max Garcia, or Justin Pugh during the open portion of Arizona Cardinals practice Thursday. We'll find out later, I guess, if it was a full practice or a walkthrough again. <laughs> but yeah, the craziest man. strides didn't lead to yeah, any. Right? It, no. Injuries. Man, a real thing. That's the latest from uh, Cardinals camp. Survivor Series, week number 10. There is a out-of-control runaway truck of success happening in Survivor Series, and it just happened oh, to boy. me. Here we go. Five straight. Vinny I'm, Joe I'm, Flex. I'm out of this. <laughs> Hold on. I'm not posturing toward yeah, you. Right, I'm flexing right. just yes. in general, uh, so please don't throw a taunting, flag. I'm throwing the taunting flag. Taunting 15 yards. I've, uh, I've hit five in a row. Uh, Bix hit three in a row. Jared's taken two zeros in a row after seven straight wins to start the series. Oh, uh, the double and, bagel uh, for you, Jared. I, I, Sarah <laughs> took a zero. Two out of the last three. I was victim to two of the biggest upsets of the entire season. Yeah, I feel. So you. what we do is we pick a team, uh, much like Survivor pools. Um, but if we miss, we're not out. We just start back at zero, and every mm-hmm. consecutive week, you get one right. You score that number of points. So the standings through nine weeks, Jared is still in first place, twenty-eight points. Nick, you're uh, at 21 in second place. I've moved into third at 18. Sarah now in fourth place with 16. Come on, Kazell, get this going. So we're looking at the NFL games, and we're picking the games we're most confident in that that that, that one team will beat the other team. Once you pick a team, they are off the board for the rest of the season for you. So the the, uh, draft order today, Jarrett trying to get off the schneid. He's got the first pick. Vic, you'll go second. I will go third. Sarah, fourth. Just like my standings. Yes. Great. Yes. That is the exact order of the standings, by the way, this this week's draft order. Jared, you got the first pick. So It's between a few this week, but uh, I'm going to go... It's risky, but I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers oh, over the Detroit Lions just because Ooh. the Lions were a team that, although they hadn't won a game, they played every game pretty tough until recently when they got absolutely humiliated. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers are one of the hottest teams in the NFL. And while they don't look like a Super Bowl team or anything, I'm going to go with the Steelers this week. Uh, it's a good pick. It was on my list. The Steelers picked for the first time yeah. by anybody in uh, the I Survivor can't imagine series. a week where they would be picked after this because they're in such a tough division. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, they're off the board um, for you and for everybody else this week. Vic, you've got the next pick. Uh, the next pick, uh, pretty obvious for me. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to beat the New York Jets. Okay, you think it's obvious. Yeah, <laughs> you've been through this. And then that's the true. Jags beat yeah. the Bills. Right, that's true. But that's why it can't happen again. Yeah. And uh, now the Buffalo Bills are off the off board the for board, you, yeah. Bic, yep. and completely off the board for the season. Second yep. team that's Aww. been picked by all four of us. The Rams were the first, now the Bills. I had that on my list, but I've already used them, so... All right, Sarah, uh, my pick. Uh, yes. I pick third. Mm-hmm. Yes. Third. Um, I'm going, is this right? <laughs> Nobody's picked the Baltimore Ravens all year. Yes, yeah, see, I... I know we, we talked about this last week because they got off to that shaky start. We were like, are they good? Seems like they're, they're, are they're they good. Yeah. yeah. That was my second choice. But it's Thursday night game. It's on the road. Short week. Wait a minute. Yeah. This says I picked Baltimore last week. Well... Did I? <laughs> this, this says I? this says the did thing, that you, oh, the no. thing that you fill out. <laughs> this thing that yeah, I put together. I, I just forgot to mark it off. I get, all right. Okay, well, I'm not so picking Baltimore. No, don't I guess. pick them. Yeah. Okay. We, I'll, I'll do more research. We all think they're going to win tonight anyway, though, against the the Dolphins. 
Generally. Regardless of who. Right. Generally, we don't yeah. Even know. yeah. But again, if the Jaguars can beat the Bills, it's true. It's, the it's, Dolphins can beat the Ravens. Then I'm going with uh, Indianapolis to beat Jacksonville. Tempting the football gods pick. who uh, scorned Sarah Cazell for picking against Jacksonville last week, but I'll take the uh, Colts. It's not like Jacksonville looked so impressive in that win. They had nine points. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. It was more like Buffalo looked in that. Just looked like trash. Yeah. All right, Sarah, you got the last pick. Okay. I am going to go with, I. you know, when Jarrett introduces a segment and he says, you are the most confident in this pick, this is not one of those picks that I am the most confident in. But I do think uh, the Cowboys are going to be real eager to get back in the win column yeah. uh, after the way they got embarrassed. The uh, weirdly on Sunday, the weirdly weird Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, who just if you mentioned them to me, I'd say, oh yeah, they're one of the worst teams. They're four and four in the NFC, yeah. and they're four and four. Yes, yeah. it's so weird. If I didn't they know they were four and yeah, four, I, I would have guessed they were like two and five. I agree. I'm surprised six. no one took Tampa over Washington. I already take, took Tampa. This oh, week. I see. I got you. I'm yeah. trying to. Tampa was available for all of us, though. Yeah. A lot of people picked Washington to win that division before the season started. (laughs) And and they played a relatively close playoff game last year. Yeah, that's true. Did you see Taylor Heineke's quote, by the way? The only reason I'm still in the league is because of that playoff game. Oh, (laughs) That really instills confidence in the team that's paying your salary. All right, so the uh, Week 10 survivor picks are made. Uh, Jarrett's got Pittsburgh. Bick went with Buffalo. I've got Indianapolis. Sarah went with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. We'll keep things updated for you as we head into a week 10 in the NFL. I want to remind you also that um, the FanDuel Fan Fest, the biggest party in sports, heads to Westworld of Scottsdale on December 11th. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and to claim your free tickets to that event. Uh, Coming up next, final thoughts on this Thursday. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Auction Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata, Song of the Day. Brought to you by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the new Sonic Garlic Butter Bacon Burger for a limited time, only at Sonic. Today's song of the day um, is Tainted Love by Marilyn Manson, based on our taunted, tainted conversation. So maybe you should do a song parody, Jarrett, Taunted Love. Oh, no. No, actually, so many suggestions this week. Scratch that idea. But in keeping with the theme of the week, whatever song parody you do, make sure the music cuts off in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to throw stones, you guys, on messing up stuff. What did we mess up today? I don't. You don't. I don't want to air any dirty laundry on you, please. Let's audience this. Uh, we went with the uh, with the remake from Marilyn Manson. I once did the. You? It wasn't the original, but the song that got really popular in the early eighties by Soft Cell. Yeah, yeah. Not, right. I don't know if I'm proud of this pick, but I I once claimed to have the biggest Soft Cell music collection in history. At Is one, at that one point. right? Yeah, I had a bunch of their stuff. Wow. Okay. Listen, one of the coolest things about you is you constantly expose yourself to new music. (laughs) Wait a minute. Make sure you accentuate to new music. I'm going to cut that off. (laughs) End of week montage. Constantly expose yourself, Vinny. (laughs) Now that's dirty laundry. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Either of you ever have any interest in Marilyn Manson during his heyday? No. 
Um, nah, not. I mean, I thought it was gimmicky. Um, yeah, not, that's not, the word. Not really. Yeah, it just it sort of like listen. Alice Cooper did that. Don't copy somebody else's thing. Yeah. There you go. Because of something we stumbled upon today. Yeah. Tainted love. Tainted taunting. Taunted t- t- love. Today's right. song of the Drown day. Drown your sour sorrows. <laughs> Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. All right, we'll start with a little daily dose of Vinny Joe trivia. And I know right. it's uh, baseball season is over, the World Series is in the rearview mirror. But uh, I, I got to thinking today because I read today is the one-year anniversary of last year's Cy Young's being announced. And Shane Bieber from Cleveland and Trevor Bauer then with Cincinnati uh, both won... Cy Young, and that's the only time, to my knowledge, and I did the research, that two pitchers who pitched in the same state in each league won the Cy Young at the same time. Your question is, it came, a similar situation happened right. in 1997 when two pitchers who pitched in opposite leagues in the same country, that's not the United States... Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. What won their respective Cy what, Young what Awards? What year was it? 1997. Who were the pitchers that did that? This is fairly easy. You would. I'll think. let. I'll let. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'll let. Uh, da- I'll let Dan think about it. Dave, what do you think? <laughs> you are struggling. <laughs> Remember here. Dan and Dave. Pedro Martinez with the Expos. Pedro Martinez with the Expos and. Uh. You want a hint? Yeah. At one point in his career after this, he was in George's box! Oh, <laughs> Roger Clemens! Roger Clemens is in George's box! Oh, man. <laughs> that was, yeah. That was, that was uh, a good imitation of Petros Papadakis. <laughs> guys, I'm sorry I didn't answer, guys. <laughs> I like Petros a lot. I Shouldn't have taken that shot at him. Yeah. No, he's a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the height of uh, ca- you, Canadian it, baseball right yeah, there. Yeah, you're right. Both Cy Young's from the same country. I'm surprised it never happened in the same state before. You would have thought New York or California would have had it. it happen- it's happened with uh, MVPs the same year several times, including just two years ago when Bellinger and Trout won it, both uh, L.A. Well, slash Orange County. But there you go. There's... Uh, Daily Dose of Vinny Joe Trivia. The latest with the uh, Cardinals, A.J. Green back. He was uh, activated from the reserved COVID-19 list, so at least you're getting a little bit of help in that receiving core. Still no word on DeAndre Hopkins. Again, our own Tyler Drake said uh, Hopkins not out there for the open portion of practice, and neither was Kyler Murray Yeah, uh, and a few others. Uh, it's a long injury list this week, and the, you know the, the, the adversity changes... Because this is the most extensive injury report we've seen for the Cardinals oh, by crazy. far this year. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. What, if they have to punt on practice like at some point in time today, too? Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, Rondell Moore, James Wiggins, Justin Pugh, Max Garcia, all missing. Buda Baker, Jordan Phillips, Jonathan Moore doing some work on the side. Okay. Oof. Yeah. oof <laughs> They find a way to win this week. If none of those guys are out there. Give the Coach of the Year award now. Oh, don't even wait till the end of the year. Stop it. 
And we will find out maybe if Cam Newton will be reunited with the Carolina Panthers. What are we going to say, Jerry? Cliff Kingsbury's Coach of the Year odds before the season, 3,000 to 1. Yeah. Is that right? Plus 3,000. Plus 3,000. Now they're plus 450. So they were 30 to 1. Now they're only 4.5 to 1. Oh, my goodness. So you could have put down 100 bucks, you would have won I'm 30 one, times that. Now I, I, I don't think there's any way to research it, but I'm wondering who put money down at 300 to 1 on Cliff Kingsbury. Probably not much action on that. No. That's going to do it for us on this goofy Thursday. Thanks to Petros Papadakis for joining us. Thanks to you for hanging out. We'll do it again tomorrow morning. Football Friday starts at 6. Wolf and Luke up next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We'll see you.